0: Welcome to Hot Healthy Never Hungry, a podcast dedicated to changing the way women eat to lose weight so they can feel their hottest. I'm your host, Lauren Hubert, former fad dieter turned registered dietitian. Each week, I'll share all of my favorite healthy eating tips and swaps, help you through frustrations on your journey, and show you the sides behind losing weight. Hot, Healthy, Never Hungry is here to make weight loss simple, fun, and easy to stick to for life. Hey, ladies, welcome back to Hot, Healthy, Never Hungry. I'm here with a mini episode and we're gonna talk about Whole30. Yes, I said it, the diet plan Whole30. I don't know if you've done Whole30 before, but I did get some requests to do diet reviews. So I thought, why not do a whole mini episode dedicated to the diet review of Whole30 and other diet reviews that are coming in hot. So stay tuned, guys, if you like diet reviews, more mini episodes are to come as well. But on that note, because this is a mini episode, we're gonna dive right into it. So just as a reminder, if you guys haven't listened to any of my diet review episodes, I just like to reinforce that as a registered dietitian, I am not here to persuade you just to think the way that I think I'm here to really stick to science and stick to what I feel is really important for women to understand about losing weight. So they don't have this repetitive cycle of losing and regaining, losing and regaining. For those reasons, please understand that my diet reviews aren't here to shame you or shame anyone if something does work. Um, In fact, if you get triggered by that, you probably shouldn't listen to my podcast. But in addition to that, I just want you guys to know that whenever I give diet reviews, I just want to present information from a perspective of science, because there is a very clear scientific perspective on how to lose weight and there is so much misinformation out there. So I want to just make this tangible, easy to understand, but always be rooted in science. And the second thing that's really important to understand is sustainability. My perspective it really reinforces sustainability because I have just seen so many women lose weight and gain it back and follow diets that were just never going to be it girl. Like it it just wasn't going to be the thing that was going to save you and make you feel your best. So I really like to think about sustainability because even when science can show something helpful or amazing for weight loss, You have to consider real life sustainability when talking about food and talking about real humans eating real food and forming habits, Um, because something might look really great on paper, but if it is not realistic to your lifestyle, that is not the recommendation I would make. That said, rapid fire, before I get into my thoughts, if you are not as familiar with Whole30... Really quick, Whole30 is a popular diet plan that from their website, they say they aim to reset your body's metabolism and eliminate cravings by basically eliminating certain foods in your diet. The foods they actually tell you to restrict are sugar, alcohol, grains, and legumes, but to dive a little bit deeper... The specific foods on like their program rules list include the following, no added sugar, real or artificial, no alcohol in any form, no grains, no legumes, no dairy, R.A.P. to ice cream guys, no carrageenan or sulfites, carrageenan is a preservative. It also helps with texture. It like stabilizes. Um, There's no recreating baked goods or quote unquote treats with quote unquote approved ingredients. So if there's approved ingredients and like you're recreating like a sweet treat, none of that. And what is really interesting about Whole30 is they do not want you to step on the scale or taking measurements. Now, the idea with these rules with Whole30, this is like rapid fire, is during your 30 days, they say no cheats, no slips, and no special occasions. You stick to the restriction. And the whole idea is you're going to follow these rules for initial 30 days. And I do want to point out since I last was super familiar with whole 30, they now have a phase two, which is basically phase two begins after your 30 days. It's a 10 day period where you'll either begin to reintroduce some of the items or you will just, I assume keep restricting those items. But the whole idea is to do this for 30 days. Now, before I say anything else, I do like to give a shout out to what I like about a diet. I like that whole 30 emphasizes real wholesome foods. I like that whole 30 minimizes added sugars and alcohol in your diet, which is really important for our health and our physiques. I also like that whole 30 makes you think twice about indulgences, especially even like healthy, sweet treats and understanding where is that desire for it to come from, which I'm sure comes up as you do the program. And lastly, I do like that it emphasizes how you feel by taking the pressure off the scale and weigh-ins and measurements and really honing in on how can you have a solid 30 days of fueling your body the quote unquote right way, but On that note, I don't agree that this is the best way to feel your body. So there is a lot I strongly dislike, and I don't want to get too opinionated, right? This is a podcast, guys. But I do want to be honest of some of the red flags that I want to bring to your attention. If you've ever failed Whole30, you're not sure why, or you really just want to learn more about what goes into a thought process like this. So the first elephant in the room we have to talk about with Whole30 is I think they're confused. Whole30, what is your goal? They say it's not about weight loss. Well, let me tell you, a lot of women get this program in hopes of losing weight. And you will find lots of weight loss content on their site. It's like a byproduct of it. Now, elimination diets are well-studied. Elimination diets are not my specialty, but I did learn about it during my master's degree a ton um, because it was in clinical nutrition. got some cool experience there but elimination diets are for very specific purposes and we know they have to be personalized to the person and their symptoms, their gut health, their, their struggles that they're facing. So what's interesting to me is we're pairing elimination diet with weight loss, where I think these goals are very different and they have to be separated. And more importantly, if weight loss is a byproduct of whole 30, I just want to point out, we need to adopt healthy eating habits Add in eat healthy eating habits, not restrict healthy eating habits, right? We need to add in these habits that you can stick to for more than 30 days. So, a 30 day elimination diet that does have a byproduct of quote unquote weight loss, if you keep doing it, not necessarily a bad thing, but I'd really argue what types of habits are you forming in 30 days that are going to help you not just lose this weight, but actually keep it off? And on that note, I could do an entire hour episode on so many of the food restrictions and breaking down why I disagree or my thoughts on it. But what's really interesting about whole 30, just like the basic ones that come to my mind, basically there are many foods on whole 30. They tell you to eliminate that have actually been shown through clinical research, not one-off research, not research trying to show you something in particular, like backed by many different types of studies over many long periods of time, that these foods can be very healthful and they're not inherently bad for you. Examples of this I just wanted to highlight, dairy. They tell you to restrict it. It can be a great protein source, rich in vitamin D and calcium. And guess what? If you're an older woman trying to lose weight, you not only require more protein and vitamin D and calcium is really important for weight loss too. But you require more protein as you get older. You also require more protein in a deficit. So if you're cutting out dairy and that is a source of protein in your diet, also a very healthy protein source that I eat every single day, guys, that is a big issue when it comes to your health as well, because you need to find other ways to get in that protein, which whole 30 is not teaching you in vitamin D and calcium. Another food, whole grains, whole grains can be a fabulous fiber source, a significant fiber source in my diet and something that we actually lack in our standard American diet through the carbs that we choose. So whole grains are actually awesome food choices and an awesome food for the majority of Americans to add into their diet compared to having the refined grain products that are not great for us. Lastly, beans and legumes, like what's your issue with beans and legumes? Yeah, sometimes if you have too many black beans, it might get bloated, so yeah, I personally eliminate those in my diet as much as I can, but I have no issue with chickpeas, especially hummus here and there. That's more personal preference, but beans and legumes are rich in fiber, they're rich in antioxidants, they pack protein, plant-based protein. There's so many flipping good things about beans and legumes, so I don't know why we're saying to most Americans who might be doing Whole30 to not have beans and legumes, unless it's for a specific gut health reason, for the goal of weight loss, these are tremendously amazing foods to incorporate that are healthful that I'd argue we need more of in our diet. And that brings me to my main point. If this is a weight loss diet, what's important to know is it's not that Whole30 has some magical superpower that like other diets don't have. It's the fact that weight loss works Not because of the specific foods you cut out necessarily, but it's because you're in a calorie deficit. Now, what you eat is where the magic unlocks inside of TSN, and I argue when you learn because you know TSN isn't me telling you a diet; it's you understanding what's in your diet and how to structure your diet. So, when you understand that calorie deficit is king, but also what you eat impacts your ability to consistently hit your calorie deficit, that makes a lot of sense. Makes you realize it isn't one specific food. That being said with whole 30, because you're not aware of calories and you're not focusing on really how you're hitting your calories, I'd really argue you could get in a potentially very large calorie deficit. So you might experience rapid 30, not 30 pound weight loss, but like in whole 30, like very fast weight loss in your whole 30, 30 days of doing it. Right. But just because you lose weight fast, that's not the goal. Fast weight loss usually means fast weight regain. Research shows this And also fast weight loss also means you're probably losing more water weight because of fluid changes. And you're cutting out a lot of carbohydrates with store water in your muscles. That's how they're stored. So there's just a lot of fluid changes that isn't just like pure fat loss that's happening. But guess what? After the 30 days and you reintroduce, like you're probably going to gain some of that weight back and you're going to freak the F out. And then you're going to do this repetitive whole 30 back to it, whole 30 back to it. Like I've had clients do multiple times of whole 30, multiple rounds because they just got caught in this cycle. So I'd really argue Whole30 kind of works sometimes until you don't do it. And it's like, that's not really solving the problem. I just want to be blunt about that. Okay. Lastly, one of the other important things I wanted to highlight is the program really focuses on what to cut out. I mean, besides maybe recipes on their website, I am not hearing an emphasis on the nutrients you need more of in your diet. I really do appreciate and love that they emphasize more real foods and less processed foods. But I also want to remind you, if you enter a big calorie deficit with Whole30 and you are not balancing your plate the right way with the proper portions of protein, over a long period of time, repetitively dieting, you're actually going to lose more muscle mass at a higher rate than if you stuck to something more sustainable for a long period of time. And I also just want to mention they're like no sweets for 30 days. Well, my clients sometimes lose weight when they have their Yasso bar every night and they're still losing 10 pounds in 10 weeks or whatever it is. Like your decision to have sweets should not just be emphasized like the diet telling you to or not. Like, do you even like sweets? Like maybe chips are your vice. Maybe we need to explore your relationship and why you go for those foods. And it's because you're stressed. Like just saying cut something out for someone who genuinely struggles with their weight and food oftentimes is just not the best choice for them and can really cause more harm over time. I could go on for days with more information on this, but the whole moral of the story with diet plans when I'm reviewing them and similar to Whole30 is you need to consider where you're going to be at after the time frame, right? And it's OK to have a time frame. Heck, 90-day bay Body, I always have a thing where I will not work with someone for less than three months, 90 days. So that's why it's called 90-day bay Body. But what's so amazing is after clients leave that program, or I really hope any anything, even listening to this podcast, you know that all the changes you're making are not just short-lived. So I just really strongly have very opinionated <laughs> opinions on diets that put you in a worse place after the set period of time. And for really no reason, because eating healthy and weight loss should feel empowering. It should be enjoyable. If you have specific gut health problems, of course, get the support you need. Maybe there are foods you need to restrict in your diet, and that's more of a medical related reason. But you need to set the foundation for your diet. That is something that you will do for the rest of your life. But the goal is to be setting that foundation through the diet changes you are making so you can follow them for the rest of your life, not just for 30 days.